Well, good evening. Good evening. Uh, before we dive into the scriptures, uh, on the front of your uh, books, you'll see this. Um, Our Lady's coming here to St. Gerald's. This is the 100-year anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima. So it's a very special year for the church globally. Um, so please make some time on this day to be here and visit with Our Lady. There's a special pilgrim statue that actually travels all over. And she's actually going to be here. We're really blessed to have her. Of many parishes, we've been able to have her come here. So it's going to be a real blessing. There's a miraculous statue. It's a lot of powerful stories of conversion, graces from Our Lady's heart. She loves, as our mother, to just pour out lavishly upon us and our families graces. Um, so please make some time for that. And, and if you haven't taken that uh, survey, go to the parish website. Just click and... First part, ask for your email. Just You could even skip that and just start the survey. I think we've had about 200, so we really want to get some more surveys in there. It doesn't take that long. Please take some time to do that. And also, this weekend, we start our 40-hour devotion. So Sunday, after the baptism on Sunday, after the noon mass, there will be uh, 40 hours of devotion. What is that? That means Jesus comes out of the tabernacle, and we're going to put him on the altar in the monstrance. And it's going to be basically for 40 hours straight. And we've had, you have to have someone here all the time when you have Jesus exposed on the altar. You can't just leave him here alone. And so we've had people sign up, so we've got plenty of people signed up, which is great. So it's a time for you to come along with your families, come in for 10, 15 minutes, you're driving by, make it a point, um, starting Sunday around two till Tuesday evening at seven. We're going to have Jesus out nonstop. Throughout the night, there's people signed up. So you can come in. I know you've all experienced this, but I'm just reminding you. He's going to be here for 40 hours of devotion. It's a great way to celebrate um, our Lent and to really enter in deeper. Um, and I did my first uh, detox um, on anger. We had a lot of angry people here. <laughs> now, but we had, we had a good crowd. We probably had 250 or so people here. So if you can come every Tuesday night, I'm doing another Capital Sin. This Tuesday's Envy. Um, it's going to be another great night to celebrate God's grace. And if you miss it, go to the website. There's a video, an audio, and a sheet to examine your life regarding that particular sin of anger. So there's a lot of opportunities here in our parish. And so as we dive into these scriptures today... I'd like to think about this. We, this is a short reading from Genesis, Genesis 12, 1 to 4, our first reading. Now, as we look at these scriptures today, I'd like you to think of these two ways of living your life. You could be in the theodrama, which means the drama of God, or you can be in the ego drama, which means me, myself, and I. And I think, if we're honest, all of us move back and forth from the theodrama to the ego drama. And meaning, you know, it's all about what I'm listening to, my own thoughts, my own ideas, my own way of living, my own idea what's right, my own idea what's wrong. Or I'm in the theodrama, which is a drama that we all are invited into from the very beginning of the story of, of existence and humanity and the created heavens and the earth. So this scripture in Genesis is inviting us to ponder the human story that you and I are characters in. We are all a part of this human drama. 
And there is a good and loving God. There is a God who created the earth. God didn't create the earth as some of the mythologies might propose in their mythology of out of violence or fighting against another uh, goddess or God. You know, God didn't create like that. In, in the scripture, biblical understanding as Christians, we think and we know from God's word that God created out of what? He created out of goodness. He brought intelligence and order into his created design. He created out of love. He created out of beauty. So God created this beautiful planet that we live on called Earth. And he created each one of us and knit us together in our mother's wombs. He knit us together in our mother's wombs for this specific time period. You weren't created in the year 1520 or the year 1680 or the year 2828. You were created in this era. This is our time to shine. This is our time. We're on the playing field now. Think of the people that used to be in these pews that have gone before us. They're not here any longer on earth. We pray they're in heaven with God and his glory. But think about it. When they were sitting in the pews like you and I, they probably weren't thinking too much about, you know, one day, you know, they'll be talking about us at St. Gerald's. Father Michael will be giving a homily. And, you know, we were once in those pews. They weren't thinking like that. So we often don't think about, are we in the theo drama? Are we in the ego drama? Where are we in our drama of life? Where are we? How are we living out our part? in this great, expansive, beautiful drama of love that God has given to each of us. So in this story, it's Genesis chapter 12, and God's speaking to Abram. Abram. He said, go forth from the land of your kinsfolk. So he's telling him, basically, God's beginning his rescue plan here. He's beginning a rescue plan with Abraham, Abram. And so if we look at that, again, we look at the story of, of, of the fall. So we have the beauty of creation, then we have the fall, then there's the flood, right? And then what do we have? The Tower of Babel being built. So think about that. Because God says to him at this last, it says to him, listen, it says, go forth from the land of your kinsfolk and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now, Abram's being asked to leave everything familiar. And he's being asked to go out. And he's hearing this voice, the voice of God. That would be like you and I being in bed or in our homes. And all of a sudden, we hear this audible voice that says, leave your homeland. Leave your family, leave everything behind, leave all your stuff behind, and I want you to go to, I don't know, India. Now, imagine the struggle in Abram's heart. He's being asked by God to do this. And this is the beginning of a huge rescue story for all of us. By the way, this is our story. This is one of, you know, we, we, we read in Scripture that we are children of Father Abraham, you know, song, Father Abraham had many sons, right? <laughs> we sing that little Bible story song because we're, father, we're, we're sons and daughters of Father Abraham. 
Imagine if Abraham said no to God. Imagine if he would have said no. Now, do you think Abraham was thinking, oh, I'm going to be the one that's going to be a huge part of this big plan, and I'm going to help save so many people. I, I don't think he would probably was thinking like that. He was some guy. He had his cattle. He had his livestock. He had his family. Just like the Blessed Mother, or just like any saint for that matter, or just like you and I, just like the people that used to sit in these pews. We often don't realize the gravity of our choices. The gravity of our choices, our choices to believe what we, like let's say a thought comes into my head, you know, I entertain it and choose it or reject it. But the question for you and I I'd like you to think is, Abram had to think about who's speaking to me? Who's inviting me? Who's talking to me? And I'd like you during this Lenten time to be thinking about your thoughts. What do you think? Pray for the grace to be aware of your thought life because our thoughts often is what leads to behavior. Thoughts often are brought into action, aren't they? When we choose to embrace them, we enflesh what we think. When we choose to believe it, we enflesh it, okay? And so, again, back to this drama. It's a drama, what we're, we're dealing with here. You know, we have our ups, our downs, our highs, our lows, mountains, our valleys. In our marriages, in our families, in our workplaces, there's a drama. There's always some level of drama in life. And it's a lot of drama in here, just deciding what do I do in this or that situation? What am I supposed to say to this person or that person? What am, when do I you know, keep my mouth shut? When do I speak up? Right? We're a huge part of this plan of God. So he's speaking to Abram, and he's saying, I'm going to show you this land. So he's leading him, again, into this plan of rescue for all of humanity, which is why we're in these pews today. We would not be in these pews today if Abraham said no. We wouldn't be here. And so what does he say? Listen at the last line of this scripture. It says, Abram went as the Lord directed him. Abram went as the Lord directed him. What determines whether I'm in the theodrama or in the egodrama? It depends upon who I'm listening to. Am I listening to me all the time? Everything that I think, what I want, what I want to do. The word sin has a big I in the middle. I, 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 I. The egodrama of life which is really boring and really basically a spiral downward. Or we in the theodrama and we're listening not to ourselves, but we're listening to the voice of God. Do you believe God speaks to each of you? He speaks to everyone in this church. And you might ask, well, I don't hear God's voice. I'm not Abraham. I have not heard, you know, some audible voice. It's not about hearing an audible voice. It's about taking time in silence, in solitude. That's why I highly encourage you to come and sit for some quiet time with Jesus on the altar when he's exposed in the Eucharist here in that 40-hour devotion. Come and be still. What's it say? Be still and know I'm God. So that means to know he's God, I got to be still. Okay? And so God's inviting us to 
pay attention to his voice. Where's God's voice? How do we hear God's voice? How do we hear his voice? Well, one of the things in disciplines of our, of our uh, Lenten is prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Prayer. Let's talk a minute about prayer. Prayer is simply going inside of this temple. This is his temple. And like I always teach, this church is meant to reflect back to you your interior, where your heart, there's an altar in your heart. There's a sanctuary in your heart. Your heart is your sanctuary. You come in, when you come into the church, it's like a reminder of prayer. You're coming, when you go into your room, you close the door, you pray to your father in secret, in the silence of your heart. So Abram was hearing from God. He was inviting humanity back from ego drama, Adam and Eve, when they fell. Whose voice did Adam and Eve listen to when they fell? The serpent, themselves. And what happened? They went from a glorious, beautiful, orderly life where their passions and desires were in order. There was no death, no pain, no suffering. It was paradise to a desert. They were exiled. They were exiled because they left the theodrama and chose the egodrama. They chose themselves. They chose to trust themselves more than the Lord. And so God's inviting us during Lent to leave this egotistical way of living. Think of the Tower of Babel. We we're going to make a name for ourselves. That's what the Tower of Babel is. I'm going to make a name for myself. And God confused their languages and knocked the tower down because that wasn't going to serve their sanctity or holiness, okay? And so I'd like you to think about that. Whose voice am I listening to right now? What am I saying right now to you that you might hear God speaking to you? Do you hear God speaking to you? Where are you gravitating? Here, ego drama, or here, the theodrama? Okay? Now think about this. As we look at his life in the fall, and then God's plan to continue to save us and rescue us, what happens next? In our gospel today, what happens? You have what? You have Peter, James, and John going up on this mountain. And who do they see? Moses and Elijah. Moses representing what? The law. Elijah representing what? The prophets. So the law and the prophets. And then Jesus himself, who's inviting them to realize he is the fulfillment of the law and all the prophets, that he's bringing about this great plan and orchestrating this great rescue mission to rescue humanity from themselves. That's a prayer I'll often pray in my prayer. Lord, please save me from myself. Save me from myself, Lord. Help me, please. Save me from myself. And so Jesus is saying to Peter, James, and John, you know, what does it say? Listen, it says they're on this mountain, right? And it says, Peter's like, well, hey, I'll build three tents because this is a good thing that we're here. Peter's excited. He's like, wow, this is real. God is real. God is real. I mean, look, Jesus is God. I mean, look, Moses, Elijah, let's stay here. And he's wanting to stay there, okay? Then what happens? 
There's this uh, cloud comes over them. Then listen, listen to what God the Father says to Peter, James, and John. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. Again, all of the Christian life, whether we are in the theodrama or in the ego drama, depends on who we're listening to. Whose voice am I obeying? The word obey is so important in doing God's will. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How's God's will going to be done on earth? People have to say yes. We got to say yes to the Father. And when you and I say yes to the Father, guess who's born in us? The Son. And guess what Jesus does in us? He brings us into this drama, this theodrama. And you start to see differently your challenges at home and at work and wherever you are and your ups and downs and highs and lows. You don't see church as boring anymore. It's a theodrama. What's boring is the ego drama. And you know why this is boring? Because this never breaks in beyond everything out here. It's always about a quick fix. The ego drama is always about a quick fix. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Something that's going to stimulate, fix me, get me going, you know, pleasure me. Something that's going to get me, you know, always about me, me, me. And over here, there's a humility. There's a sense of, God, you created me. You have a plan for my life. You designed this. You gave me this crazy husband or crazy wife for a reason. You gave these kids to me that drive me nuts sometimes for a reason. Because, God, you put me in this situation because you're inviting me to your mission. You're inviting me up onto the cross where I can unite with you my emotion of anger, my depression, my anxiety, my fear. I can give you my struggles with employment right now and the, the cross that it is that I'm carrying in my body with my, my cancer or my diabetes or my kidney or my legs or my back problems, whatever you got. The Lord's like, it all has value when you're here. When you're over here, it's just like, you're, you're just looking for, you know, your, your flash. It's like, it's like a couch potato. It's flick, flick, going through the television. Then I'm going to eat more potato chips. <laughs> television, more potato chips. Oh, maybe I'll go to bed or maybe I'll look online and do some stuff online. See how boring that is? God's over here. He's saying, guys, I got so much for you. You guys are a part of my mission like Abraham was to save souls. Don't let the world delude you and wash you of the truths that I've given through my son. The mass is your invitation into the theodrama. This is my body given up for you. Invite you in. Come, come in. Let God make sense of your life. Sense of your ups, your downs, your highs, and your lows. It can happen in the theodrama. It can happen in our daily lives. This is what we were baptized into. And this is the whole plan of God. This is what Mary's been appearing for in Fatima, Lourdes, Guadalupe. She's trying to call her children back. This is why statues are crying. This is why there's miracles where the host will actually bleed and become heart tissue. 
This is why there's miracles, because God wants you to know you have value. See, in the ego drama, it's my my value. I don't even know my value. I'm just kind of going in circles. But over here, I know I have great value and purpose, and that everything that happens to me, I might not understand it, but God will make good of it. If he can make good of that, he can make good of anything you go through. If that's what saved us, guess what? When you feel that in your marriages and in your families, when we feel that, we're in a good place because he went there first and he's saying to you and I, I will use your headache right now to save 15 souls from losing their salvation if you let me have it. Or you can go over here, and I'm not saying it's always bad to take an Advil, but all you do is take Advil. All you do is take Advil and watch more TV, do this, do that, you know, whatever. But over here, it's like, okay, I got a headache. I'm not saying you can't take an Advil. But what I'm saying is you, you first pray. You first turn to him. You listen to him. Lord, how about this? Lord, what do you want me to do with this headache right now? What do you want me to do with, with this challenge I'm having in my marriage right now? Or what do you want me to do with this depression I'm feeling right now? How do you, Jesus, how would you like me to unite it to you so that more souls can go to heaven? See, that's a way different way of living. That's an in faith-informed life. Whereas this is like just simply, I don't know, I'm just kind of going through motions and I'm going and chasing my tail. And it's boring. So what I want you to think about as we enter the second week of Lent, the Mount of Transfiguration, which was our gospel today, you're Peter, James, and John. Jesus is calling you on the mountaintop. He's showing you what it's all about. Calvary is the mountain. This is the mountain. You're coming up the mountain. I'm telling you the truth tonight of what to do with your lives and how to let God use you in the plan of salvation for others that will be in these pews in in 100 years from now, we all won't be here. There'll be more people in these pews, and there'll be another priest, Father Joe, perhaps, and he might be saying the same sort of thing. But one day, we will all be looking down at people sitting in St. Gerald's pews and be like, huh, remember Father Michael talked about that? And that's what God wants. Come up the mountain, guys. The world has nothing to offer you. The world is passing away. We as Catholics have a genius to offer humanity regarding what to do with suffering, pain, struggles, ups and downs. We unite it to Christ, and you start to experience the value. So you're called up on the mountain, and you want to build a tent, don't you? We all want to build our tents. Oh, can't we just stay in that comfortable place? Guess where Jesus went after he went off the Transfiguration Mountain? Down into Jerusalem to die. So you guys, we're on this mountain. I'm telling you this stuff, this truth, so that you can go out, down into the valley of this world that we live in. So think of this as the mountain. We're coming off the mountain after Mass, and we're going down into our valleys, into our wherever we're going, to our homes, our places, and we're going to meet other people. And you're supposed to be taking them by the hand and saying, hey, why don't you come with me to church next week? I'd like you to experience something that you might not have experienced. Why don't you come and pray with me at church next week? Or you could point people to the website to listen to some of the teaching, some of the preaching. Invite people. 
People are hungry. You're hungry. I'm hungry. And God is excited to feed us. So as we continue Mass, let's be grateful for our faith and all the people that died and went before us that made this church possible. There's people that prayed for us that we might not know until we die. But there's people that laid the foundation for this parish. And they sweat blood and tears. They prayed day in and day out for you and I. And they might not always have known that. But now it's our turn. It's our turn. And God will glorify each of us in his name. So let's pray for each other as we continue Lent and dive in um, with more and more zeal.